Good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I'm your host, Kay Edwards. How is everyone doing this Sunday morning? Can you believe that it's Memorial Day weekend already? Which is also known as the unofficial start of the summer. Time is flying by. But speaking of time, it's time for our housekeeping and announcements. COVID-19 has placed life on pause, and here at Radio Free Brooklyn, it is exactly the same. We want to remind you that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our host, staff, and community at large. We have closed both our studios and have canceled all live events. All of our hosts continue to bring original programming via live shows from home, pre-recording from home, or choosing the best shows from their archives. We are still accepting donations as we are fully funded by you, our listening audience. If you want to support a station that brings you great music from the hottest bands in Brooklyn, talk shows that keep you informed on what's happening around the tri-state and the world, go to our webpage and click the donate button. We've really appreciate it. Thank you. 
<clears throat> excuse me, got a little frog in my throat this morning. So as I was saying, here it is the 24th of May and we're celebrating the Memorial Day weekend. Now, usually this time of year, we are all looking forward to backyard barbecues, picnics at the park or on the beach, walking along the boardwalk, watching a parade. But during this pandemic, we are all keeping our distance. And although there are a lot of places aren't opened yet, I mean, upstate New York, I think, opened last week a couple of places. The city here is still closed. So we'll have to enjoy our holiday the best way we can, meaning we must remember to enjoy it responsibly. And that means when you go out with a group, you can have no more than 10 people with you. Or if you go out shopping at the stores, you need to keep six feet of distance between you and the other shoppers. And most importantly, don't leave home without your face mask. If you recall last week, I said that I wasn't sure if face masks were mandatory or not. Well, Governor Cuomo stated Friday that when in public, we must all have on a face mask. It's a sign of respect for one another. So as New Yorkers, let's be respectful and wear our mask. Okay, so now let's begin the show. So now, last week, we spoke about how our behavior plays an important role in our character and how our character is shaped. So as always, if you missed any of my past shows, you can ask you can access my full show archive on Spotify and iTunes. Just search What Would K Say? Or you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and there you will also find my shows and information about me, K, and what the show is all about. So today, I want to talk about what to do when you feel God is not listening. Have you ever felt that God is not listening to you? Or like, you know, sometimes you talk and it seems like he doesn't hear you at all. I know I felt at one time or another that God is not listening to anything that I said. Right? Like you just feel like you're just talking, 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 and just talking into the wind. It's usually at the time when we feel we need him the most. Like, right? We need to make a decision. We need, we're feeling confused. We're lonely. We're anxious. You name it. Sometimes we feel that way. And um, it's probably for no reason at all. But we just feel like he's not listening to me because he's not answering me. But did you know that the Bible is full of people who have felt the same way? I'm going to give you two, for example. Can you name two off the top of your head who felt that God wasn't listening to them when they cried out for him? Well, I'm going to tell you the two. David felt that God wasn't listening to him because in Psalm 22, 1 to 2, this is what he says when he's talking to God. And I'm reading from the NIV version. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me 
so far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. So now that first line, who did that remind you of also that used those same exact words when they were crying out to God and it felt as though God wasn't listening to what they were saying? Well, if he said Jesus, then you were absolutely right because Jesus felt that way as well. In Matthew 27, 46, it reminds us that as he hung on the cross, he uttered those same words to God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But at least it should bring us some comfort to know that we aren't the only ones that feel like that at times when we're calling out to God and he just doesn't seem to be hearing what we're saying. So here are four things that we need to remember when God is silent, right? When he's not answering us or when he's not getting back to us with something that we desperately are waiting to hear from him about. Here's four things that we can remember when we're in that situation. Number one, you are not alone. We can take comfort in knowing that there were others in the Bible that have felt this way also. As I said earlier, David and Jesus also experienced God's silence. We know that God's silence is not a reflection on our, of our relationship with him or the amount of faith that we possess. That's one thing we need to keep in mind. It is never a reflection of our relationship with him, right? So we don't have to feel like we're, we're drifting away. We could feel like we're drifting away, but him not answering us at the moment has nothing to do with him drifting away because he never drifts away from us. We drift away from him, but that's not the reason why he's not answering. Number two, it's temporary. The distance that we feel is only a temporary trial. And 1 Peter 1 and 6 tells us, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Right? Three, it is for a reason. Now, continuing with first Peter, now I'm reading one and seven, those, they, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, honor, when Jesus Christ is revealed. So now I want to spend a little time here because to me, this is important and I want every, all of us to understand it, right? God will sometimes put us through trials to test our strength of our, and strengthen our faith. When he does that, it builds our reliance on his mercy. And we can use this time to build our faith as well. We know, right, that faith means belief, trust, and loyalty to a person or thing. So we use faith when we sit on a chair, right? 
we believe that the chair is going to hold us up. We never think that when we go to sit down that, oh, that chair is not going to hold us. We just do it blindly, just by faith. We just go and we sit down, right? We use faith when we cross over bridges, when we're driving in our cars, or when we go through the Lincoln or Holland Tunnel. We just know that, oh, this tunnel is going to hold our car. We're going to go through. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be fine, and we're going to reach our destination safely, right? That same way, we have a reason to believe God. In that same manner, we can believe him. God is always loyal to us. And for that, we can always trust in him. Even when we don't understand where he's leading us. The silence can be an intimate time when we draw closer to God. Right? We can use that time to draw closer to him. And in our understanding of him, it could be a time to examine our life. Maybe there are some things that he feels we need to just look at, get a better perspective on. So maybe that's why he's not answering at the moment, right? When we need to make a decision, God is not answering us as to what to do. So it gives us time to reflect on how we are living, like I said. And maybe we could remove those things from our life. With all these trials, we we grow closer to him. So as Pisa stated, our faith is the silence. Our faith in the silence is the testimony to Christ that's worth more than gold. So now number four. You are being heard. Even when it seems that God is a billion miles away, he is as close as the breath we take. God hears everything that we say. Now, when I say that, it almost makes me want to cringe. Because if he hears everything that we say, that means that he hears things that we really don't even mean for him to hear, right? Like all the grumbling and complaints that we have during the day. Maybe all the smart, sarcastic things we're saying under our breath. He hears it all, right? (laughs) So he stated that he would never leave us or forsake us. So in that instance, he hears us. We just need to keep talking to him. Regardless of if we hear back from him and he seems to be silent at the moment, we just need to keep talking to him. And this reminds me of the prophet Habakkuk, right? If if you read the book of Habakkuk, it's only, that's another one. That's a short, um, a short book in the Bible, in the Bible. In verses one and three, this is what he says to God. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? This is what God says back to Habakkuk when he finally answers him. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. So, When God finally speaks to you, 
you will be amazed at what he says to you as well. So all that with the four things that I gave you and the last three verses that I read you from the prophet of Habakkuk is to keep us to keep praying, to keep speaking, and to know that God's silence is not forever. He's going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And that reminds me, if you think about it, Paul said the same thing in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. But it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So that's just one thing, all that I put together just to say, be encouraged when it seems as though God is not listening or you go to him and he's just not giving you the answer that you're looking for at the moment. It's not a sign that something's wrong. Sometimes it's just a sign that he wants us to just really draw closer to him, draw closer to understanding probably the situation that we're in at the moment, take a better look at it to get a better assessment of where we are in our life with this situation why we might be in the situation that we're in at the moment and then just take the time to see how can we get out of it what is it that we're doing what part did we play in everything that is happening to understand you know why everything is going on with us in our life at that moment so it's just some things to think about something really small and short that I wanted to, um, to put out there that, cause sometimes I know, like, especially in this time, I know that there's a lot of times people are praying or looking for, you know, for direction one way or another. And it seems like as if God is not listening or he doesn't hear, or he doesn't see what is going on with us in our life. Trust me. He sees, hears, feels, knows everything. So with that, we can, I think we can uh, take a music break, give us something to think about for a little bit. And when we come back from the music break, we'll continue and it'll be time for Kay's Q&A. Be back in a moment.
Okay, it's time for K's Q&A. As you can recall, this is a segment that I introduced the last week where I will be taking questions that you send to me in the email and we can discuss them on the air. This week, our question comes from a listener by the name of Sabrina and she writes, I have really enjoyed your show and I am glad that you have started the Q&A section. My question is about perseverance. I have been really struggling in quarantine with being away from my family and friends and just the bleak outlook for the rest of the year. Some days I just turn off the news because it stresses me out more. I thank God that everyone is healthy around me and I have had no losses in my immediate circle, but I just feel so bad for the world right now with no real light at the end of the tunnel. How do you deal with these sorts of feelings? Thanks again, Sabrina. Well, hmm, thank you, Sabrina, number one, for reaching out. I want to tell you that you are not alone in what you are feeling. I am not sure where you're located because you didn't say exactly, but here in New York, we are on day 85 of being isolated. So trust me when I tell you, you're not alone in everything that you're feeling. And it can be difficult when you're alone and you want to see your friends and your family. But one thing that you can do, and this is something that we can all do, is meditate. I find that deep breathing exercises calms all the thoughts that's racing through my head, right? At any given time of the day, whenever my head gets full of different thoughts and it's just one thing after the other after the other because I'm constantly thinking what I need to do what's the next move I need to make I take a step back and I do breathing exercises okay so when I say breathing exercises what I do is I'll find a place where I can sit down that's quiet and I will be you know I won't be disturbed and as I sit there I start to breathe. I'm breathing normal because I'm trying to calm myself. And you'll notice that your breathing is quick. You know, it's rapid and it's short when you first sit down. But what you do is then you just slowly take deep breaths in, filling your whole entire diaphragm all the way through your lungs, all the way down to your belly. And then you exhale Bring all the air out, up from your belly, up through your lungs. Just exhale everything. And then you do it again. You take that deep breath. You let it go all through your lungs, all through your tummy, all the way down. And then you exhale again. Bring it all up, all up through your tummy, through your lungs, and exhale. When you do that, I usually do it maybe... By my fourth time doing it, inhaling and exhaling, I feel my body calming down. I feel whatever stress or nervousness that I had going on ceasing. And it just makes it easier for me to deal with whatever I had going on in my mind. My mind is no longer racing because my body is calm and relaxed. So you can try that also to help calm you down when you start feeling anxious. So 
one thing you have to remember is we can't control what the future is. So thinking about what comes on the news and things that you hear, and you might be wondering what is the yet, you know, what's going to happen with the rest of the year. We can't control the future. We could only control the part that we play in it. So we live in the moment. We don't think about tomorrow. We enjoy what we're doing right now, today. Not knowing your faith, but I know that Christ stated in Matthew 6, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So when we think about that, we just have to heed that advice. Live for today, live in the moment. And here's some other things that you can try. If it's a sunny day, go out for a walk. Of course, don't forget to take your mask, but go for a walk because the sunshine stimulates the brain to release a hormone called serotonin and serotonin is associated with boosting moods and helping people feel calm and focused. But on days when the weather doesn't permit you to go out for a walk, just try calling someone that's close to you and call instead of texting. Because hearing the person's voice is much more satisfying than sending a text message. And I know sometimes we'll shoot like really quick text messages to one another. Hey, you know, are you okay? Just checking in. I do it sometimes from time to time too. But at that time when you feel that you need to be close to someone, make the call. It makes it more personal and it gives you that closeness that you that you're longing to feel because you haven't seen these people in such a long time. So you have to use your mind and your body to overcome and work through these difficult times. Now, I know that there are some of you that might be having a serious situation, you know, with things that are happening in your life right now. So if you need to seek advice or help, you can call NYC 311 If you're in the NYC, you could call 311 or you could go to nyc.gov slash NYC well, W-E-L-L. And there you'll find resources to aid you in everything that you're feeling at the moment. And Sabrina, like I said, I'm not sure where you're located, but if you need assistance, you can reach out to your local city or government agencies and they will be able to assist you in everything that you need. And I thank you again for your question. That was really, really a good question because it's one that I know the listeners are also struggling with at the, at the moment. So if any other is listeners out there have a question that you would like for me to answer, just write an email to what would K say at gmail.com and I'll respond to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just can't seem to get my throat together this morning. It's time for op-ed. Now, this week in op-ed, I want to discuss voting and how important your role is in this process. So just a bit of history before I begin. America became a country in 1776. 
Women didn't have the right to vote in the United States until 1920. And then it wasn't until 45 years, 45 years after that, that African-Americans received their right to vote. So look at the time that had to pass and the struggles that had to be endured to win the privilege to vote. Voting allows you to decide how you want your government to work for you. Because if you remember, the reason why we have government was to work for us. It, government is for the people by the people, right? Not that we were there to work for the government. They are to serve us. This is a concept that seems to be, have been lost along the way. But it's time for us to take it back, don't you think? So now, I'm not going to tell you who you should vote for. But what I will tell you are facts that can help you decide how and for whom you would like to vote. Because an informed voter is a wise voter. Because information is always power. So now this week, Al POTUS stated that he believes that if ballots are mailed to people to allow them to vote in this year's presidential election, there will be widespread voter fraud. Now, where did he get this information from? I don't know. He also stated that when people vote, in order to maintain the integrity of the process, everyone should have to have a voter ID so that they could prove who they are so that they're not voting in someone else's name or they're not pretending to be someone else and voting twice. So this will cut back on voter fraud that we all know takes place. He said that we should only be allowed to vote if you have a valid reason for not doing it in person. You must have a valid reason. He also stated that if any states, particularly Michigan and Nevada, continue to mail out ballots to their people, that he will revoke their funding that was given to them by the government. Okay. So he believes that if people vote by, vote by mail, there will be fraudulent activities that'll be going along with casting those ballots. That anyone can mail in a ballot because ballot because you don't know if that person is really who they say they are. Anybody could have signed that paper and sent that paper in and said they wanted to vote or sent a whole bunch of them, make copies and just keep sending in ballots to vote. Number one, the answer to the fact that the ballots could be um, copied and anyone can sign them and anybody can just send them back the ballots are only being mailed to registered voters. So whoever receives a ballot, they are who they say they are because according to the Board of Elections, that's who they have on record as living at that address with that name, right? Number two, he himself mailed in a ballot to cast his vote in the state of Florida because he couldn't be there in person. But his excuse was because I'm the president and I'm in Washington and I have a job to do. So I should be able to 
send in my ballot and cast my vote because I can't be there in person. So yeah, like I said, if you have a valid excuse as to why you can't be there in person, then that's the only reason you should be able to send in um, a mail-in ballot. But but we're in a global pandemic and people want to stay safe, but they still want to exercise their civic duty and vote. That's not a valid reason. COVID-19 is not a valid reason for people to be able to mail in their ballot, in their ballots to vote. But it's a valid reason for you that you're in Washington and you can't mail, you can't be in Florida in person. So yours should be able to be accepted, but everyone else's shouldn't be able to be accepted. Number four, the states that he wants to withhold funding from that funding was passed by Congress. So he can't withhold or take back any federal funds once Congress has voted on it. And number four, the states that he wants to withhold the funding from, those resolutions were passed that they could have mail-in ballots long before COVID-19 even took place. So the people wanted the opportunity or they wanted to have the ability to mail in their ballots if they did not physically want to go to the voting polls. So this was on their books long before this pandemic started. And now they're just exercising their right to utilize it because of the pandemic. So here it is that I say, it is so important important for all of us to utilize our voting rights. And it basically starts on the local levels. You can't just think about voting every four years in a presidential election. You must vote for the representatives that sit in Congress, meaning the Senate and the House of Representatives. They are the ones that propose the bills that make it to the floor for votes. They are the ones that are creating these laws that we have to follow. So it's important people, refresh yourself with the branches of government and what they're responsible for. That way you can make an informed decision as to who you wanna vote for. But whatever you do, please, please, I cannot stress this enough, do not forfeit your vote, meaning don't just sit home and say, well, I don't like either one of them. You must vote one way or the other. If you can't decide, pick the one that will do the least amount of harm to you in the country. Sometimes you do look at candidates and you're like, I don't care for him or him. Neither one of them look like they're going to do what I need them to do. But at that part, you take yourself out of what they're going to do for you personally and think about it. Well, if I had to make a choice between one or the other, which one of them is going to do, like I said, the least amount of damage to me and the country? And that's how you cast your vote. Because if you just say, well, I'm not voting for either one of them. I don't care. Whoever gets in there, gets in there. Remember out of the two, 
somebody's going to get into that White House, whether you vote or not. So you want to at least get the person in there that can do a little bit of what you want them to do. And also, we already have somebody in there. Usually when we go to vote, unless they've had, you know, two terms and you know they're not going back, you're starting with two brand new candidates, so you don't know what's going on. But this year, we have an advantage of knowing who's in there already. So we already know his track record. You already have a track record to look at to see if you were happy with what they did in the last four years. And now, even if you can't remember everything, which I'm sure is not really hard, to remember everything that happened in the last four years. Let's just take what happened in the last three months. Let's just take what happened in the turn of this new year that came in, right? We had a global pandemic. Let us not forget that. Let us not forget that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Let us not forget that. Let us not forget that the United States is about to reach 100,000 deaths due to the coronavirus. That number could have been significantly less, significantly less. Not saying that people would not have died because this was a horrible, this, I can't even say was because it's not over yet. This is something that we are still living with and we'll continue to live with. It's now going to be a part of our life, whether we want to realize, whether we want to recognize it or not. It's going to be a part of our life. To the magnitude, we don't know. If they find a vaccine, yes, they might be able to find ways that they could control it or understand it better, but it's going to be here. So with all that, and not that I want to dwell in the past because there's nothing we could really do about that. We need to keep going forward, but that number could have been a lot less if we had leadership that took the warning signs seriously. And even after the virus got here, if it was dealt with on a level of urgency and not just like waving fairy dust, oh, it's just going to disappear and it's going to go away. We don't have to worry about it. It's not a big deal because we're America. Or... After you finally do realize, you know what, it is here and people are starting to die and people are starting to complain, your answer then is to tell the nation to ingest bleach to make themselves immune to the virus. Can you see, people, why voting is so important? That was op-ed for this week. All right, so that was the op-ed. And if I really sounded passionate as to when I was talking about the voting portion of op-ed is because it's something that I really, really feel that we as Americans need to pay attention to. It's something that we have let slip through our grasp and just allowed those who we voted into office to do whatever it is whenever they feel like, and that's unacceptable. If this is a democracy, let's start acting as though it's a democracy. So that's why it's so important for me, for all of you to remember, know what your government does, know what your government should be doing, 
and know the people that you're voting into office. So with that, it looks like my time is winding down and I'm going to say, let's remember the word for this month was reset. Let us all take a reset, reevaluate what's going on and move forward. And our promise for this Sunday is 1 John 4.11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So with that, I want to say, be blessed, be a blessing to one another. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Wear your mask if you go out. Be safe. Keep your distance from one another six feet. And until we meet again next week, God's willing, peace. Lift up my heart.